Hello and welcome to the Flixborn Podcast, where each episode we go back and we look at a Netflix original in the order of release. Today, we have Netflix 187th film from 2019. It's the Christmas romantic comedy Holiday in the Wild, directed by Ernie Barabash. It stars Rob Lowe and Kristen Davis. I'm Jesse and I'm here with MJ. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Good. Yeah, it's uh, always nice to chat about movies. So we've got a we're heading into that uh, area where Netflix have got a whole bunch of Christmas movies coming up, I think, from our roster. So this is, um, I guess, since we've done the podcast, we've kind of we've covered two Christmases. That's for what I'm trying to say. We've already covered two Christmas periods. And both of them, when we released our podcast, as by chance, ended up pretty close to Christmas time. So it wasn't mm. jarring. So this is going to be the first period <laughs> where it's going to feel so strange watching uh, Christmas movies in... Like nearly like the middle of the year kind of thing. It's going to feel very weird. This one, without going too deep into it yet, didn't feel very Christmassy, so it didn't it didn't jar me at all. But um, there's going to be a few coming up that I'm, I'm, I just don't watch Christmas movies outside of Christmas. So they, they still might work. Yeah, we could prepare ourselves for July and be like, we're, we're counting down to Christmas in July. Which we don't celebrate much in Australia. <laughs> True. <laughs> well, let's get rolling. Let, let's do our fast flick. So we have a quick summary of what the movie is all about. What is this one about for you? Yeah. So my fast flicks is after recently breaking up with her husband, a mother plans a trip to Africa for safari and winds up helping out at an elephant conservation camp. Now, if someone said that to me as an elevator pitch, I'd be like, yeah, I don't need to watch that movie. But it's kind of, I don't know, it's not a very sexy fast flick, it's probably my point. I like it though. You cover off the, the key things of what happened. So yeah, I, I struggled yeah. as well. I, my, I just literally said, a woman travels to Africa to find herself. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? She probably wasn't traveling to Africa to find herself. She didn't even know what she was bloody doing. She just had the tickets booked and mm. was going to get a big lobster for two. But let's do a, <laughs> let's do a spoiler alert right now because yes. I'm already worried that I'm dipping my toe in already. So we are going to spoil this movie. If you uh, if you haven't seen Holiday in the Wild and you'd like to see Holiday in the Wild, don't listen to us because we'll spoil it. So uh, come back to us once you've seen it. Um, yeah. Good, good, good. Let's, uh, let's talk about this, the film then, how it got to Netflix. It's got some nice little uh, moments about the story of this one. So fill us in. Yeah, unsurprisingly, I learned some cool stuff reading up about this afterwards, which you sort of assumed that it's kind of movie that has got a bit of a background. And look, the main, the main crux of the story is it, it was May 2018 when it was first reported that Ernie Barbarash was going to direct Christmas in the Wild, which was the title at the time, for Netflix. Um, from a screenplay from Neil and Tippi Dabrowski. Um, producers from Netflix had actually pitched the project to Kristen Davis after being aware of her philanthropic work with elephants. Because in real life, Kristen Davis has worked with orphan elephant rescue missions and rehabilitation programs. The Sheldrick Wildlife Trust is one that she's worked for. Uh, and that's helped bring attention to conservation if, issues such as illegal ivory trade, which is touched on in this movie. She also produced a documentary uh, back in 2014 called Gardeners of Eden, uh, which comments on the ivory trade and how it affects possible extinction of elephants. So she's, she's really keen on this, um, on this issue in general. So they got her on board. They got director on board. They had a script. They're off to the races. Um, Basically, filming took place in Hodesprut and Draxenberg, 
uh, and on the sets around Cape Town. And that principal photography ended in June 2018. The elephant scenes were actually filmed at a sanctuary in South Africa and at the Game Rangers International Elephant Orphanage in Lusaka in Zambia. Um, and this is the stuff that I find really cool. There was, there was really big efforts and systems in place to safeguard the elephants, including a focused behavior study, personnel and distance restrictions, international animal welfare inspectors are on set as well. You can imagine having cameras and, and, and film sets all on, would probably be screwing around with what they're trying to do with the elephants. So due to the strict elephant management protocols and, and the minimal impact policies, um, and, and basically Netflix as well um, is, is hugely invested in ensuring that the animal safety is, is a big part of it. Um, they, they, they put a lot of money into making sure that A, it was going to be safe and B, they also invested in these big puppets because they realised that a lot of the main scenes that they wanted to do, they weren't going to actually be able to use uh, live elephants, in particular this one real-life orphaned elephant um, who's kind of the crux of the movie. I think in the movie, it's, it's Manu. In real life, that elephant is called Makaliva. Um, so Makaliva was rescued by the GRI and the Department of National Parks and Wildlife in Zambia in August 2017. And her story basically aligns with the story of Manu in the film where um, elephant uh, lost her mother due to, I assume in this case, poachers, but um, had a lot of physical and emotional trauma during that situation. So this film itself actually spent four years in development with, with Kristen Davis trying to secure ethical use of elephants and their safety. Um, she didn't want to use trained elephants for the film and, and has publicly thanked Netflix for agreeing to all the terms that she basically put forward to, to get in this film made the way that it was going to be best done for, for the elephants and the awareness and Holiday in the Wild, obviously the film changed from Christmas in the Wild to Holiday in the Wild, somewhere in that process, released on November 1, 2019 by Netflix. And that is the story of this movie. Very good. Yeah, I've not left an awful lot for me to, to cover <laughs> off, but um, I think if you still look at the the title, in a few countries it still is called um, Christmas in the Wild as well. So I think the official release in Australia is Christmas in the Wild. Uh, which is which is interesting because um, on Netflix it still says Holiday in the Wild when I looked at it anyway. But um, yeah, I, I think you've done a, a great job covering that off. Obviously, Rob Lowe is in this and uh, I thought it was interesting to see that his son plays the son of Kristen Davis in the film. So that was cool. And I think Rob Lowe um, said it was really cool working fun with his son. So that's a nice little thing as well. It seemed like a really nice uh, film to be involved with, to be honest. The tagline for this one. Did you see the tagline? I didn't see it, no. It wasn't on IMDb. I had to like look at the poster and, oh. and zoom in on the poster. Okay. So the the tagline is a romance off the beaten path. <laughs> uh, everything about this movie is so sweet. Isn't sweet, it? yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so some translations for this title around the world. So as I sort of mentioned, uh, Australia, Germany, Greece. It's meant to be titled Christmas in the Wild. In Brazil, it's called Rescue of the Heart, which isn't too bad. Um, in Finland and Italy, it's Christmas Safari. And Poland, it's called Hot Holidays, which I thought was pretty funny because um, obviously European Christmas is, is a lot uh, colder than it is in Africa. And the, the final one from Taiwan is, it's called Wilderness Festival, which I thought was a, a funny translation. Uh, okay. Yeah. I guess it also comes to terms with what every single country uh, 
links Christmas with. Obviously, in Australia, we don't use the term the holidays like they do a lot in America, so it makes the Christmas thing. And maybe Taiwan doesn't use anything like that, and then it's a something, whatever you said then about Festivus or festival or whatever. Yeah, probably more relevant. Um, all right, what are the the critics and audiences saying about this one? All right, IMDb is six point one out of ten. Fifteen thousand ratings. That is is a pretty good score, particularly for uh, you know. I don't know the budget, but it feels like a sort of a cheap, low-budget Christmas movie. 6.1 out of 10. Yeah, great, great score. Letterboxd did not like it anywhere near as much as IMDb. And that's 2.4 out of 5 on Letterboxd. Just over 6,000 ratings for that one. Um, kind of sort of fits more with what you would expect. And Rotten Tomatoes sort of ties in uh, closer with Letterboxd as well. 38% from the critics on eight reviews. So that fits at Rotten and the audience had it at 49%, so also rotten. And that's on more than 250 ratings. So, um, yeah, not too popular on that end either. wonder who those eight critics were when their bosses are like, hey, we really need you to do this What's new Chris and Davis Rob Lowe Christmas movie about elephants. Uh, we need you to do a review on that one. I'm like, really? Oh, I got that one. Do I? <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's coming out on Netflix starting November. Just pop your review. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but I guess still was like two of the two and a bit of the people liked it. So, yeah, um, true. Yeah. At least it wasn't yeah really really like all right look, what do you I'm not saying the movie suck yeah I was gonna say yeah. I'm just I'm just gonna <laughs> yeah. say that critic critics think they're above this kind of stuff. <laughs> True. Well, are you um, above this film? <laughs> I thought this film was very pedestrian. Um, it was very very cheesy. I didn't hate it. Um, I actually I actually think it's a really hard movie to hate because it doesn't really do anything. Um, it's like an 85 minute long advertisement on elephant conservation. And that's, that's hard to be annoyed at because it's, it's a really good cause and something I didn't know anything about. And it highlights the, the great work that he's done in that area, but in its essence, nothing really goes wrong in this movie. There's no real hardship to overcome. And that, that's okay. Films don't have to follow a rule book, but if you're going to introduce, you know, a proper milestone or sorry, if you're not going to introduce a proper milestone to overcome, you kind of need, need to make up for in other areas and, and Holiday in the Wild doesn't really do that either. So it's just really pedestrian, just kind of meanders along and that's sort of what we watched. Yeah, I, I think it's uh, you know, a complete like D-grade sort of movie, like Hallmark Channel-esque, 100%. But I think Rob Lowe just sort of brought something to it that along with the message and along with the the niceness of it, I guess it, it was still, it was enjoyable. It wasn't, you know, yeah, like you can't hate it. <laughs> can't hate it yeah it's it's uh but they're like maybe there's something about it that maybe maybe, maybe makes you go into it with a you you feel sorry not feel sorry for it you can't hate it and then the cheesy stuff happens and you're like oh that's all right it's it's cheesy i mean i'm gonna get to some cheesy stuff later on that (laughs) needs to be called out but it's it's kind of non-stop good well let's talk about some characters i think really there's only two characters that have an awful lot you could possibly mention but lead us off yeah, well, let's go with Kate, which is Kristen Davis's character. Um, I think it's a pretty nice, albeit safe, character arc or journey. You know, she's stunted by her husband and his success and his wealth. So she kind of stops working. She becomes, quote unquote, a lady that lunches. She finally gets separated from her husband. She has a chance to think for herself for the first time in a long time. She follows passions. She makes decisions based on her and her own needs and her own wants. And she can live life a little bit spontaneously. 
it's kind of like that midlife crisis antidote. And despite its easiness and its predictability, don't get me wrong, like we, we all know what's going to happen in the film very early on. It's still nice and refreshing to see. It's not trying to do anything special, but it's nice to see someone break out of that mold. It's so hard to add anything else. Like, that, <laughs> it's, it's this character that, like, I mean, it's that arc that, you know, you get dumped by the husband and, uh, you know, it's like, got to find your way, got to achieve your goals, uh, <laughs> you know, make that journey to do something that you want to do. And, you know, that empty nest idea that we'll probably talk about a bit later on too, that the sun's gone off too and just got to try and replace that, you know, that emptiness through, through the elephants a little bit too. So, uh, yeah, there's... <laughs> <laughs> really like and the same with Derek when, when we're gonna we'll talk about Derek now like you know he's, he's he's genuinely good guy like you don't really see anything about him that that isn't nice either like this whole film's just niceties and you know it's, he's given up his life to to support these elephants and you know he's lost a wife and he's trying to find meaning too and he took up that passion for art and he paints because of his wife that he's lost and but in the same time he's obviously been let down by by others too um and he wants to share this passion. And obviously that's where, you know, Kate comes along and he finally lets someone else in. And it's just the, the generic sort of idea that you see uh, across yeah. these types of films. Yeah. I kind of feel Derek didn't, didn't hit the mark with me as much. I feel like he's supposed to be this guy who just loves animals, loves his job. And despite everything he's been through, it's just kind of let him back there. And that's really cool. And I think in essence, that's what's happened as well. But I didn't really feel his emotion for it all. I think if anything, I just saw him more as this guy who's a bit disconnected and cynical, kind of sad. And on the surface, we see that he falls for Kate and Kate can kind of get him out of this rut. But I don't think we ever really see him get out of that funk. He still seems to just be in it. It just seems to be part of his personality. He just, he just seemed like a sad dude. It was just like, yeah, I, I think you, you're right on that. It's just like Rob, that's Rob Lowe. Like he, he's just playing that. <laughs> He didn't didn't uh, you know show any ups or downs in in the performance or anything. Like I'm just gonna just gonna roll with what I've got, and um, that's what it was. <laughs> I can't. I'm a big Parks and Rec fan, man. and I, I just like Rob Lowe's character in Parks and Rec is just such a great character, and I can't see him not in that character. So it it just feels kind of wrong when he is playing this kind of like low key, down and out just dull kind of guy so maybe that it, it felt it felt exacerbated because i wasn't used to seeing him like that true are there any other characters that you wanted to talk about i wanted to talk about jonathan but i couldn't think of anything to say about jonathan so i don't <laughs> I, I liked him he was like this good guy so that's better so I, I literally wrote next to his name i was right cool dude just a great smile that was all great great smile he was good but I, yeah i don't think i have anything else it did feel weird to me that like their family just like doesn't spend any time with them. That's that's a harsh reality of uh of this gig, right? Like they came at Christmas, um, which at that point, Chris and Dave, uh, Kate had been there for for three months by the time Christmas rolled around, and they were seeing their family and stuff for the first time. So we know they're going at least three months without seeing their family. That's pretty brutal. Yeah, I'm I'm guessing maybe the dangers of the the wilderness and poachers. Who knows? Um... There'd be a reason. The fact that they just can't leave. Like they they just can't leave the elephants. Yeah, true. Uh, The director, Ernie Barabarash. What? We've done a film of his before. Have we? I completely missed that. What what was it? Christmas Inheritance. I'm pretty sure he did. Oh, was that that him? Yeah. 
<laughs> I did notice that he, he's got 24 directing credits and a whole lot of TV movies and a bunch of them were Christmas movies. <laughs> I just saw the word Christmas so many times in his IMDb profile of it. I mean, this is all this movie needed, right? Someone who can make a movie for probably a lot. In fact, there actually would have been a lot to work through with this movie. It, I don't mean to take away from him. Um, the storyline itself doesn't doesn't need a heavy hand on it, but you know, there would have been a lot to organise with this. But did you know he's one of the... He was a executive producer on American Psycho. I had to have a look. So I'm like, that's that's a huge credit, but there was 12, 12 producers on American a Psycho. Di- so I like a, a bit of a different a Christmas movie, movie too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, very different. Um, but yeah, all right. Well, Christmas Inheritance, I enjoyed. I enjoyed that movie. So yeah, well done, Ernie. I did. <laughs> you did not. Jake, uh, Jake Lacey. Was it, that was a Jake Lacey one, I think. Yeah. Um, that's right. Yeah. It? And he was in Being the Ricardos. He was in that. Jake Lacey was. Um, oh, was he? Yeah. Yes. Anyway, let's talk about some scenes. What are some things that you enjoyed in this one? Well, I liked it when they, uh, it's funny, there's a theme to my scenes I'm just noticing now, and a lot of them to do with elephants. Um, <laughs> I liked it when they found that first elephant. I thought that was a really nice scene. Um, it was great to see uh, Kate become less passive in, in everything we've seen so far at that point. And we kind of knew it was going to happen because that was the idea of the film. But yeah, seeing that, seeing that mother who'd been poached and the, um, you know, the baby elephant obviously going through quite a bit of distress was, I think it was really well handled. And I think it hit on an emotional level that this, this film didn't really hit in any other areas. So it was a really nice scene. Um, I loved the scenery. I think it all looked quite beautiful. It's nice to sort of, take a step back and I, they did well even even though the FaceTime stuff looked very much manufactured but seeing someone in New York talking versus Kate talking um, in Africa was really cool but yeah beautiful scenery great to see all the elephants and everything there it was wonderful and the other scene I liked was when they slept that night in the in the jeep and they got woken up by Big Roy the elephant um, first it was just cool seeing that elephant there but the idea that Derek had had last seen Roy 10 years ago and he recognized him. And then he made mention of elephants knowing humans after 37 years. I thought that was all really cool, really interesting stuff and just showed this gentle side. And a lot of animals do have that gentle side, but I love the idea of animals being able to connect with humans on a level that, that matters more than just what's happening in the moment. The fact that Roy was like, Hey, it's Derek. Hey, how you going, man? Like that was cool. I really like that. Good. Yeah. Um, I haven't got any of the same scenes, So it's, it's, it's good. Probably. We've got some different ones. Um, I like the idea of Kate measuring her son Luke's height on the wall and then doing it with the elephants. I just thought that was a nice connection, like through her character, to see that happening. I thought that was cool. Do you um, do that at home? No, I don't know. Um, maybe it's something you can start. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the montage of <laughs> the montage of Kate looking after the elephants. Um, and I just the, the song that played was that on my way doom, 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 doom. you know that song it's from Matilda um, just reminded me of Matilda and I love that movie so really good vibes um, did you like the montage though? yeah well because I like the song <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, and but I like the the quick wrap up I guess towards the end of Kate getting the funding um, it was just like all nicely done getting the checks and all that stuff but I will put a little bit of a um, exemption in there I guess because there's like the moment where she's sitting there dealing with the dog that needed the antidepressants 
And then, like, just as a reflective moment, she, like, reflects on the the board she's got in her office, with, like, the digital board of, of the elephant work that she's doing. It looked like some kid had done it on, like, Word Art in, like, 1995. <laughs> it was just the, it was the worst digital uh, poster I've ever seen in my life. So that was that was poor. But I did like how... She's a vet. She's a vet. She's not a graphic designer. <laughs> oh, God. It was horrendous. If you, if you watch the film, keep an eye out for that... Um, the the screen and the the well, it was horrendous. All right, what are what lead into some things that you didn't like? What are some things that you didn't right. like in this one? This is this is stuff that'll be fun to talk about. So I'm all right with disliking it, but I hope you've got this too because I want to talk about the breakup scene at the start. That's <laughs> probably one of the worst breakup scenes I've ever seen. The son, her son walks out the door to go to college. It's like, all right, this is the moment. He's away from college. Which, what are we going to do? We got all this time. We're empty nesters. And she's like, let's go on a stick hunting. He's like, oh, yeah, by the way, we're, we're breaking up. Um, so I will see you later. It's clearly not working. I've got bags packed, but I'll send someone later and I'll chat to you later. And he just left. And they just broke up. It's like, they're like, all right, we've only got two minutes to do the breakup scene. And it's got to be pretty amicable because it's not that kind of movie. It was so bad. They didn't even try. <laughs> I literally had in the questions for later. I was like, could anyone actually just walk out on their partner for over 20, <laughs> 20 years like that? Like how? How without a discussion? It, it was like he's like, ah, oh, sorry, I've actually I've actually got a reservation for breakfast, so I've got to go. That was that was like the conversation. He's like, so we're breaking up, um, and I will chat to you later. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. I agree. <laughs> um, the the make cute, um, the whole dinner for two thing. I think they really overdid the fact that she was on her own at the. Um, resort um, and uh, just her little tantrum that she had the whole thing was just terrible and make me cute hard hard to get right because you, you're watching them and you know that there's going to be something like oh these two don't get on that's how that's how they all sort of start but that was it was one of the on the lower end of make cutes that one um there was one and this is a technical issue that i had i actually had to rewind it and watch it again so there's nothing wrong with the scene itself, but they were just, I think she was chatting with Jonathan when she'd first arrived at the camp and they were just chatting about elephants. She asked a question about how, how older elephants react to having these babies around, but her mouth actually stopped moving and it was clearly <laughs> just like dubbed. Because I was watching it, I'm like, that didn't look right. So I rewound it, and watched oh. it back and she, she starts a sentence and the next thing she's just like standing there looking at Jonathan and her mouth's not moving and the voice is still going. Oh, so, that's hilarious. It was pretty bad. It's not like she didn't even turn and like face. So her head was the camera or something. It just, so that was, that's a bit sloppy. Um, <laughs> and then I started to write down the, the cheesy moments that went a little bit too far. And then I, I kind of stopped writing them down. But um, this movie was very, very cheesy. Uh, even to the level of things like she just has this like photo of her son that she looks at like 17 times a day <laughs> in a little camp. Um, when he was leaving there was a line from Rob Lowe that said don't worry I'll keep your boy safe like <laughs> you're only driving him like 10 minutes <laughs> like he's got a bigger thing to worry about um, all this sort of stuff that you would maybe have in the script and then you'd film it and you'd be like oh that didn't work and so you take it out but they just left it all in I think there was another one when, when they were leaving. They were saying goodbye to Manu, which should, you know, could have been an emotional scene, but it wasn't quite. And Rob Lowe's quote is, go make something of yourself. He kind of whispers it. <laughs> it's an elephant. <laughs> like, yeah. 
I just didn't get that vibe that this was like a go make something of yourself kind of moment. But the, by far the best, the best cheesy moment, and this is the last thing I'm going to say, is when Kate gets the job as a vet. And she goes, welcome aboard, Kate. And she goes, everyone calls me Dr. Kate. <laughs> I, just, I, just couldn't, I couldn't handle that. It's just too good. So, yeah. Those, those say, leading into that, like I thought where, you know, Kate decides after they land the plane and she's like, I'm going to go off with those hurt elephants and then just reveals, oh yeah, like I was a vet. Like I just laughed because I was like, that's the like it's just like the most coincidental thing. Yeah, I'm a vet. <laughs> I can deal with this. That's right. They hadn't mentioned that, had they? No. <laughs> <laughs> what are I you going to do to help? Good. Well, I'm a vet. It's like, yeah. oh, well, that's exactly what we need. <laughs> um. I really didn't like Derek's Star Trek joke about naming the plane, um, like after yeah after Kirk, and then when they're on the plane, he's one one of the cheesy lines was, um, "We humans are the most dangerous animals out here." <laughs> no, they're they looking at like the buffalo. They're like, our oh, buffalo yeah. is actually the second most dangerous species. What's the most dangerous? We are. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> So bad. Uh, this is another like really poorly uh, continuity sort of thing. So early on, we like there's a shot of Kate in the tent and she's on her phone, no reception. Then a bit later, like she FaceTimes her son, but then not later on again. It's like they they put they edit it in the wrong order because we see her at this Wi-Fi hotspot. It's wow, like she's already <laughs> it's like she'd already done the call. So um, just you need to edit that in the right order. That was really poor. Um, <laughs> and the last thing I just want to mention is that Leslie chick the founder chick she's, <laughs> she's created this weird tension um when they could like realistically they could have had a different reason like why they were going to lose their funding they didn't need her in like two scenes to sort of make a romantic connection that uh, derek had when i don't think it was there anyway so it was just weird 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 so i had i have a theory about this and i was actually going to wait for the questions to ask you but let's just do it now because it comes to her is who or what in this film has a case to be like the bad guy? Because nothing yeah. bad really happens in this film. And it's like for her, they're like, we need to put a face on the only thing that can can stop their funding. And let's rather than just being we're not going to get our funding, let's actually like humanize that. Because no one else really has a case to be the bad guy. Maybe the husband at some point because he divorces her and she doesn't want to get like whatever. But I don't think that feels that in any way. But Apart from her, like there's no bad guy or bad thing in this film, so it's almost like a weird attempt at, and it's very poorly done. Yeah, and on top of that, it's sort of like if you're an audience member that want to see these two get together, she's another barrier. So it's just like we'll just chuck her in to be a barrier over throughout the film. And yeah, I agree. Just probably the the villain of the film. It really, like we said, there's there's not really any um, anything bad about this. <laughs> In six months' time, if someone asked me about this film, I would have completely forgotten that character even existed. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, just waste of time on space, um, on the screen. Themes, ideas. What are some themes and ideas in this one? It's actually not doing a heap. I think there's an overarching theme of the ability to break free from the limitations that life gives you and following what, what you care about and what you're passionate about. I don't think... I don't think you can go as far as saying what you can do after you've been divorced and bouncing back from a divorce because the divorce actually is never really an issue. Like she doesn't seem to have an issue with the husband. She doesn't seem to have an issue being a single mum, even though she's sorry, she's got an adult son. So it's a little bit different, but 
I think it's more about her having the the breadth of life again to do what she wants to do. And and the the other big theme of it is that there are really important groups and causes around the world doing what they can to protect animals. And I think that comes through very strongly as well. But in yep. terms of uh, the film themes and the ideas of the story, it's not. It's actually not a hate, which is fine. Yeah, I agree. Like the a little bit through her character, like discovering a part of yourself, rediscovering a part of yourself, and a little bit of falling in love too. Like being able to fall in love once you've lost a love. Um, you mentioned all the conservation stuff, like protecting animals, rescuing them, recovery, returning them to the wild. Like it's a, it's a big process. Yeah. Really, it's not just a a little bit of like, yeah, let's help elephants. It's like, there's a lot of, a lot of stages to this and um, a little bit too of that, that empty nest idea, the sun leaving, um, feeling alone, which I think was done a lot better in a film that we did. That one where the mums went and tracked down their sons. That was, otherhood? I can't remember. Yeah, Otherhood, yeah. So I think that was done a little bit better in that film, but it could have been a part of this film a bit more because they do nice little shots of, of the elephant sort of stepping in as, as someone she needs to care for. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, also what, a bit. Yeah. <laughs> well, imagine. <laughs> what did you take away from this one? You know what? Uh, the main thing I take away from this film is that I did not feel any romantic connection between these two. It, it felt like the romantic relationship these two were inevitable. It was inevitable for them to have was secondary to everything else else going on in her life about discovering herself and all that kind of stuff and to the point where she speaks to her husband and said did you meet someone in africa and she said i did yeah. me with a good pause <laughs> but, but like this was clearly a movie like a, a romance movie as well and i just i didn't feel it at all either of them i didn't feel like either of them like were that into each other it felt like convenient that they were both there at the same time but i just it just never struck me that it was like, I, I've had big romance films where I'm just like, I need these two people to get together. And this yeah, movie, true. I just couldn't care less. It's yeah, fair observation. You, you don't really care if they're together or not. Um, nah. You probably just want to see them working together rather than being together. Like the idea of them working as a team and, and helping elephants is a nicer idea almost. It is. Um, yeah. yeah. The, you mentioned the scene before where uh, Derek was like sort of taking Luke back the sun. Um, there's a weird part of me as this was happening was like, oh, cool. Like, imagine if like the plane crashes or the car crashes and they both die. I was like, that would have been some tension. Like that would have, <laughs> it's pretty dark, but I was like. It would have changed the film. The film. <laughs> um, and the only other thing, a little bit like, it's a little bit of a white savior narrative, like white people coming into Africa, having a solution, having the money. I know it's like this film's sweet and nice and it's all about doing the right thing. But it, apart from Jonathan playing that role, it was very much the the narrative of these people from America are, are saving a, a country that can't save their animals themselves almost. Yeah, I thought the same thing. And like when you're talking about a camp that's 90% not white, which mm. you kind of you, you see that, but you don't need any of it. It's, it's clearly a film for, for a white audience mm. saying, hey, this could be you kind of thing, as opposed to this is what great work people are doing around the world. Nicely put. Did you go into IMDb to check anyone out? So I kind of did. IMDb and Google in the end. I checked to see if the guy who plays Jonathan, whose name is Fazil Mbala, 
was a real elephant conservation worker just because I thought that would be cool. I thought that would be a really nice touch if they had got a real, he's not, he's, he's a South African uh, singer and actor and um, sort of you know, been around for a while doing that kind of stuff. But it just felt like the kind of movie that they might've just grabbed someone who, uh, yeah. Works, and maybe, nice and I, yeah, maybe the other actors in there may have been, but I couldn't find any mention of it, but um, cool. so no, I didn't, didn't find out what I was hoping to find out. Good. Well, I, I did a little bit of a different sort of search too. I, the, where the locations were, the, um, the Kapama Game Reserve. I wanted to look it up because a lot of the scenery, I was like, I, I originally, back when um, Australian, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here, was filmed in South Africa and, and those areas. I was like, some of these locations look like familiar. And I just wanted to see if it was the same sort of area, but it's not. So that's a bust. Um, celebrity Australia filmed in the Kruger National Park in South Africa, but similar sort of scenery. Very nice scenery. So, yeah. Would um, probably be a lot of that out there, wouldn't there, I imagine? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I haven't got any questions left. Have you got any questions left? Well, one of them actually off the back of that is, would you like to go visit Africa and go on safari? It's an interesting, yeah. I don't know. I'm not necessarily intrigued, to be honest. Um, I mean, I think most people would have done a safari type adventure with animals in captivity, I guess. Like in mm. Melbourne, we have a, an open range zoo in Australia. In Disney World, there's a open range safari too at Animal Kingdom. And I don't know, like, I guess it'd be a completely different environment. Like the animals are completely roaming, but these conservation parks have still got sort of boundaries as well, I guess. So I don't know. I, I'm not sold. I'm not, it's not on my list I need to do. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm the same, and I never really have been. But I think the older I get, the more interested I do get. I think the idea of Africa is pretty damn fascinating, that it's kind of the only place in the world that you know, Africa's a whole continent, right? So it's a big, there's a lot of countries there that are the same. But one of the things in the world, one of the few places in the world that humans and animals really, truly do coexist in some capacity, it's, um, mm. it's pretty cool. Like Egypt is on, like, high my list. But that's obviously a completely different part of the continent. But, yeah. Fair enough. Uh, any anything else? Well, I, we kind of talked about this, but did you get any kind of a Christmas feel at all yeah. in this film? Um, yeah, I, it was one of well. That's I think we've had this discussion. Like, obviously, we've done a few Christmas films, and we've sort of had that discussion before. Like a bit like that diehard argument: do you chuck do you chuck Christmas as an event in it? Does it add to the story? I guess, and I guess it's when you're talking about family and and how does that idea of family sort of come through in the film and. Yeah, I'm not 100% sold that, uh, I mean, it was nice for, for her to have her son there for Christmas and, and that sort of stuff. But yeah, it, it didn't really, having the idea of Christmas and it didn't add anything to the film. Nah, like I was halfway through the movie and I was like, hang on, isn't this the Christmas movie? And then I, then I went back and like, oh, they took the photo, the Christmas card photo yeah. in August. I'm <laughs> like, is that all we're getting? <laughs> but then Christmas came around and I look, and that's, it's a different Christmas to what I'm used to seeing as well. So maybe that's just me being, hey, make the Christmas that I want to see or else it's not a Christmas movie, which I just thought of that then on the spot. So that's, it's a fair, it's fair. Yeah, they, they, this is how we celebrated it. And they had like the conversations with Kate and her friends in the snowing part, like of North America. So yeah, they're just little bits that they probably just chucked in to, to make it a Christmas film. Yeah. Oh, this, this strikes me as the kind of movie that they wanted to make. And, and I've said this before in the podcast, Netflix is like, you need to make it Christmassy or else this movie doesn't go anywhere. And they're like, all right, well, it's easy enough to do. Let's do it. So, yeah. Cool. 
Um, I think that's about it then. We're ready to finish this off and put our final thoughts together for a rating out of five. What are your, your final thoughts for Holiday in the Wild? You know what? This movie just didn't didn't bother me in any, in any way, but it, it also doesn't really get out of a slow jog at, at any point in time. So there's very few of these types of movies that you feel zero connection between the two leads who are supposed to fall in love. But I did enjoy the scenery. I did enjoy the elephant stuff. It was a pretty breezy watch that works better if you just let all the cheesy stuff go. And I'm going to give it two stars. Nice. Yeah. I, I mean, it was, we've said it was a nice film. Um, the, the, the two lead performances were, even if we didn't believe their characters, like they still, the performances were still fine. Like compared to some of the, the performances that we see in these types of films, um, you know, I, I put them as, as fairly decent. And I didn't think like the, the cheese factor was massively overstuffed like sometimes that we have seen in some of these films. So I appreciate that because some of those things really annoy me. Uh, the message was good. The idea of conservation. I mean, even if it's not a Christmas message, the, the idea of conservation, it's an important message. So I give it two and a half out of five. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. 2.25. So we're on socials, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, give us a follow if you like, or if you can question, does, does this film inspire you to take some sort of action to, to help? Um, conservation because if that's what you want to because I know at the end of the film they have on the, the end of the credits like mm-hmm. the statistics or whatever it was about conservation at the end I was like no nah. <laughs> I don't necessarily think I'd, I'd do anything after watching I mean, this it, film anyway. it, it certainly does like it does interest me and I, I think the film certainly helps with that but whenever you get to that level of do I want to help you weigh up all the other things that you can help with as well. And, and as much as we don't have infinite resources to dip into everything, similarly, we can't have every single person dipping into everything uh, financially as well. So it, it like, I, I'd be lying if I said I didn't watch this movie and thought, this is great. Like, what can I do to help? For, for, a, for a fleeting second, you do. You think that because it, it, it connects with you in that way, but uh, not to the point where I was ever going to pull the trigger on it. Yeah. I feel like a, a doco with seeing actual poachers in action or something like that would probably be more impactful and make me actually yeah. consider it a bit more rather than a, a love story that wasn't really a love story. <laughs> seeing that seeing that elephant with its tusks removed was um mm. was was pretty jarring. Yeah, true. All right, well, we're back next week again for another when getting towards the end of twenty nineteen, obviously we've got Christmas film, so um yeah. next week is an epic war film though it's the king directed by oh, david michaud yeah stars my one of my faves timothy chalamet joel edgerton robert pattinson lily rose depp sean harris and ben mendelson so uh our second david michaud film i think from memory war machine was that. this as well yeah yeah. yeah so um i i have seen this one so i'm excited for the rewatch because i have fond memories I have not seen it, but I recall when it came out and I wanted to see it and never got around to it. And then I'm like, I'll wait for the podcast. Good. Well, it's, it's happening. We're, we're doing it next week. So get excited. All right. Sounds good. Consider me excited. <laughs> Sorry. It's been really hard this episode. It's just like, we're, it's trying to be excited about a film that didn't provide much entertainment. So um, <laughs> we've done it. We've done it. So thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for chatting. I've enjoyed it. Even though the film was just uh, pedestrian. It was pedestrian. It was, it was good. It was good. It was good to laugh at the cheesy stuff. Excellent. And I will see you next week. See you then.